How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hey, how's it going, friends? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer, and today we're going to be chatting with my new best friend, Anand Sukadia. Growing up in a family of medical doctors and holistic healers inspired him at a young age to create a health and wellness center that combines ancient knowledge with the best modern technology, and that's at Ohm Wellness in New Jersey. He studied with visionary thought leaders like Tony Robbins and the Carnegie team, shamans, gurus around the world, and billionaires. After 16 years of personal development and a spiritual journey with the plant medicine ayahuasca, his whole life changed, and he began to live from his heart as opposed to his mind. You're not going to want to miss this one. Uh, We're going to talk about the book that absolutely changed Anand's life, how a 2,000-year-old ancient scroll predicted his future, and some crazy scary details along the way, Uh, how that journey with ayahuasca opened him up and led to future success. We're going to talk about the power of our beliefs as well. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com to grab your copy of the number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm here with my new best friend, Anand Sukadia. Anand, welcome, man. Thank you for having me, brother. Uh, so humbled to be on and uh, excited to get into this conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, and you've, got a, you've got a really interesting story um, you know, around, uh, obviously, a lot of time spent in self-development. That's actually where we met. We met at a uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza event uh, last month. Um, and, and, you know, the self-development you've been through to starting your studio to some, some spiritual journeys that we're going to go through. Uh, I'd love for everybody who doesn't know on, and if you could give them a little bit of a background on yourself and how you got to where you are right now, running uh, Ohm life, a wellness center in New Jersey, that is really an all encompassing practice, everything, you know, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, kind of all in one really cool place. Uh, but tell me about how you got to that point. Yeah, definitely. First of all, I want to say that I love the title of your podcast, Shit You Don't Learn in College, because honestly, dude, I have not learned shit in college. <laughs> maybe maybe things on how not to do life, right? So I just, um, yeah. my whole journey is, you know, I was very blessed. My parents came here in 1972. I was born in 81 here, so first generation American. Um, at that time, my parents were trying to figure things out. So they were very busy with work. They were both physicians. And I felt like, you know, growing up, I didn't have a lot of like, uh, like, I guess, mentorship or like 
like my parents loved me and they provided for me and everything like that, but I kind of had to figure stuff out on my own. Yeah. So I guess the story I told myself. Well, they, they were, they, you know, they were still trying to figure shit out on their own too while exactly. you were doing it. So exactly, and to think that they were in their, you know, uh, mid to late twenties is like I didn't know anything in my mid to late twenties. Anyhow, yeah. so like, yeah, that was a story I carried with me for a long time that I wasn't loved or you know nobody took a special interest in me. But in the back of my mind, I always knew that there was uh, there was something that I was destined for that was greater than what I knew at the time. So I just had that in the back of my mind. But there was a lot of years where. I didn't really know how to go about my own way and my own path, and I didn't have the confidence to seek and explore. So throughout high school, throughout college, I kind of was just like doing my thing, but not really being my authentic self because I just wanted to be whatever I could be to make friends or or whatever. Which is and, which is I think what most people end up going through life as. We all want to be liked. We all want to be similar. We want to be part of the community. So we kind of just you know play along, right? 100%. And then, yeah, like I never felt like truly a part of anything. So after I graduated college, I started to realize that I want a better life, right? So at that point, I never had like a, you know, like a, like a serious girlfriend or anything like that. So I wanted to really get into self-development to better myself, you know, to become a better version of every aspect of myself. So mentally, physically, spiritually, yeah. I think I had like uh, these sparks of spirituality in me from a young age, but I just didn't know how to kind of explore it. And then once I started getting to self-development, which route, is which is funny, by the way, considering that your name actually means eternal bliss, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I think yeah. I was living into that that name, which uh, which is beautiful. And I still am. And there's so many more layers of bliss I can unravel through that journey. But yeah, so I, you know, I, I started out uh, doing a lot of self-development work, a lot of reading everything I could read, The Alchemist. Uh, Celestine Prophecy, Four Agreements. These were like my staples growing, you know, yeah. into this new version of me. And then um, one of the books that really stood out was Autobiography of Yogi. And um, actually, there's a there's a place right where you live, the Self Realization Fellowship. That's in I used to live. I used to live about five minutes away from from uh, the SRF uh, Center over here in Encinitas. It was one of my favorite places to go to. Yeah, absolutely. So such a powerful place. I used to go to the Lake Shrine in. Um, Los Angeles, Santa Monica. Yeah. But um, after reading that book, it was like this light bulb hit me. And I realized that this guy was having mystical experience after mystical experience throughout his life, meeting the the most, you know, enlightened sages and everything. And I just knew that this is what life is all about. You don't read about it in textbooks or in school. You don't hear about it. Everything is just like, you know, 3D reality. But that really just like opened my, my blinders open to know, okay, there is more. And I believed every word of it. And then I set myself on this journey to learn as much as I could in this beautiful life. And the more I started like opening up to it, the more these kind of experiences started coming into my life. So, so um, I want to I want to pause. Yeah. I want to pause there for a second, because I think um, just so you're I don't know. We haven't talked about this, but Autobiography yeah. of a Yogi is probably my favorite book. It's probably the most read book in my library. Um, you know, Maddie always makes fun of me because it looks like that book has just been like it looks like it's been out on like a deserted island for the last three years because it's so beaten up by how many times I've been through that book. Um, I want to I want to ask for anybody who's not fam- familiar with Paramahansa Yogananda or Autobiography of a Yogi. Um, is there any anything that you would suggest? Uh, like personally, I think that book has changed a lot of people's lives. Um, it was the only I believe it was the only book that Steve Jobs actually when he passed away he gave everybody. Uh, an iPad with that ebook on it. That was the only thing that was on the iPad was Autobiography of a Yogi. Um, is there anything that you like? 
Is there a certain point in your life when you think people might want to check into that book or like what, what was it for you that like, you know, was really the trigger? Cause clearly it sent you down a path that you never came back from. Yeah. So actually the person uh, who gave it, he gifted to me. So I was 22 years old. I just graduated college and a, fr- a family friend of ours, who's an astrologer, actually, he gave it to me. And um, he said, I think you would really like this book just based on, you know, the conversations I've had with him. And astrology has actually been, was a, it was a very big part of my life growing up. And when I was like 17, I first got to experience this guy doing an entire reading for me. And a lot of the things he was saying was like actually true about my life. And yeah. then um, I've had like several experiences like that. There was one, um, not to, I want to answer your question, but yeah, there was yeah. one experience where I went to India and I went to this place called the Nadi Astrology Center where they took my thumbprint and they came back with these ancient scrolls that were written 2000 years ago. And it had my entire life story on there up until the point that I was actually there. They knew the day or the year that I was going to come. They knew everything about me. So we could get into that in a little bit. But um, yeah, to that, answer your question, that sounds, uh, that's a, for, for anybody, for anybody listening in, that might sound a little bit crazy to anybody listening in. What, what, what do you like? Can you can you provide any insight to that for for, you know, maybe some of our fellow intellectual listeners that are not that far down the path yet? Yeah, absolutely. So there's so much about this world that we have no idea about. Right. So yeah. 2000 years ago, there was this uh, sage. His name was Sage Augustia. So when he was in deep meditation and his disciples were in deep meditation, they were getting these downloads of people's lives. So they literally transcribed. This is the story, by the way. Okay, I haven't verified that every single person in the world has a leaf like this, but <laughs> they started transcribing people's lives. So it was written in an ancient language called Old Tamil, which is in the south of India. So my family has never been down there. You know, we're from a way different part. We speak a whole different language. But when I went there, I gave my thumb impression. They came back with these uh, these scrolls. They read through like you know there was uh, these binders. So they went through like thirty of them. Didn't find my leaf went through the next binder, didn't find my leak, but all these vibes were very similar to mine. So they were just yeah. asking yes or no questions. So they finally came to the, like, the third leaf. This is like 30 minutes into the reading, and they're like, okay, is your first name Anand? Were you born January 13th, 1981? Were you, are your parents' names Ela and Jitendra? I'm like, yes. Every time I said yes, they go on to the next thing. If I said no, then they would go to the next leaf, right? Wow. So they knew that both my sisters were married. One was... Uh, And then they said one was divorced. My other sister got married literally the day before. That's why we were down in the south of India. And then they knew that I had a garment business at the time. This was like 2009. They knew the age that I was coming to this place. They knew that, um, you know, they basically told me what year I would, uh, you know, meet somebody like for uh, a deep relationship. But they also told me that it wasn't going to work out. They told me like the exact dates, right? Wow. Like, yeah, my mind was blown away. And they knew that I was going in for shoulder surgery, like all these things. And I tell you, like even the most advanced CIA computers in the world don't have that kind of information on me, right? So if you think like, you know, maybe they did their Google research. This was 2009. It was like this old library. They they barely had telephones in this place. It was a remote part of, um, you know, Chennai. This was not not tech. (laughs) Not tech at all. Uh, So these people are either like magicians or they're like, you know, like scam artists. I don't know. Yeah. But um, it was incredible. So that was one of the biggest mystical experiences of my life. Um, and it actually showed me like, you know, these things have unfolded throughout time. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was that was the experience with Nadi Astrology. And when I was there, it's not even just like Indian people had their leaves. There was uh, tour buses of people from Germany, people from Japan. They were coming out of these rooms after their reading 
and there was like tears coming down their eyes because yeah. you know they either learned something about their life or their family or whatever it was. But um, this this life is so magical. There's so much um, God and abundance in everything that when we think when we hear a story, you automatically dismiss it. Yeah. Um, it's just because we're coming from our own perspective. So what? who's to say that these things don't exist, right? So I never tell anyone, oh, that can't happen. That doesn't exist. Because who the hell am I to tell people this doesn't exist? It's only based on my own fear or my own version of reality. So I'm always trying to be open-minded to things. Obviously, there's scam artists out there. You know, there's yeah. psychics that are not in it for the right reason and vice versa. There are really good people that have these abilities. So, you know, what, what I've learned in my life is... Uh, there's the spectrum of everything, you know, in this entire abundant universe, which is a beautiful thing. And I'm blessed because on this path that I'm on, as long as I stay open, as long as I call these things into me, I have experience after experience after experience that are opening, you know, my eyes to these things. And this was a big part of my journey to open my, uh, my wellness center. That's amazing. So let's let's talk about that because I think I think that's really important. Well, for, first of all, actually, let's go back to the question that we already asked. Book yes. <laughs> uh, autobiography of a yogi because I think I think for me that was one of the big things that opened me up to mysticism and spirituality was that book when I first grabbed it. Um, who do you suggest start reading that book? Who's that for? Yeah, so I would say um, there's so much like solid information in there about what India was like and then, you know, bringing spirituality. So this this guy, Paramahansa Yugandana, he grew up, had many mystical experiences, took on some mentors, which we talked about in the podcast we had, right? So it's always good to have a mentor, Mr. Miyagi, to like guide yeah. you along the way. Um, so this guy was uh, guided to do all these things. And then by the time he was like 17, 18 or something like that, he went to America in the 1920s. And at this point, there wasn't a lot of the Indian people, like uh, mystical people from India, from the Eastern philosophy, teaching any of these things into the U.S. But when he came to the United States, it's almost like magic happened and the, the red carpets were rolled out where he found his community and his community helped to support him to, you know, make the word out. And his message is so beautiful. It's about love, right? So he didn't talk about like uh, Hinduism is the only way. He talks about the divine teachings of Jesus and Buddha and all the different ascended masters that um, that came before. And really the message is just pure love. And if we have love in our hearts, that's when, you know, the magic happens. And then that's when we don't have real problems, you know, like we have challenges yeah. in life, but when we can look at it from the perspective of love, that's when we, you know, we start to grow in a spiritual manner. And, um, you know, a lot of the things, I've done in my life corroborated with all of his teachings. So for the people that I would say they're looking for the next evolution of their spiritual journey, um, you, yeah. you don't even have to believe in all this stuff. But what I would say is read the book, see if it, you know, if it, if it makes any sense to you. Another one of his books that I absolutely love, and it's almost like uh, it's always on my uh, nightstand. It's called The Divine Romance by him. And I don't know if you have it, uh, Xander. No, I don't. Okay. So it's, is, going, it's going on the, the Amazon list though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So this is a collection of his essays. And anytime I open to, you know, any random page, it'll be the exact message that I need. Um, so uh, Autobiography of the Yogis, his entire life, talking about his journey and, you know, everything that he's, he's done in his life. Divine Romances is basically his free thought about what life is, what God is, what you know, he even talks about how to sleep better and how to yeah. eat better and how to digest food. And like there's, it's just a handbook for life. So I would totally suggest that if you want to start out maybe more baby steps and then autobiography yogi 
for people who really want to learn about this, this human being who came here to just spread love and light. And the very last thing he did was he, uh, he gave this speech and he said, um, forget the exact words, but he's like, I'm ready to go to God now. He looks up and he faints. And that's how he, he went on to the next, uh, the next place in, uh, in his soul's journey. Yeah. Amazing. He, yeah. Uh, he's an amazing, amazing story if, if anybody's interested. So back to you though, (laughs) you, you now, you now know your entire future by going to, to get this reading. Am I correct? Um, so they told me a lot of things, right? And yeah, um, I'm, I'm hoping they left some out for your sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually it's everything makes sense when I look back on it, right? So like, yeah, when you're when you're going through these things, you're not thinking, oh, in 2009 I went to this place or whatever. But right. in when I was 2009, I was 27. They told me by the age of 33, 34, 35, 36, I would have a relationship. I would meet my wife, right? So. At that time, I ended up meeting somebody. We got engaged, and we had like a spiritual marriage, right, through um, like a Hindu priest, but we didn't get an official marriage or whatever. But then they said, by the time you're 36, 37, you're going to have huge differences of opinion. And that was right around the time when um, I was ready to launch this business, and um, it it just wasn't working out. We were not connecting. We're not communicating. Everything was kind of like we are not the right for each other. And then we ended up breaking up. And, um, you know, the, then he told me like the next three years is like, you're going to be building this business. It's going to bring you all the, the fulfillment that you could ever possibly want. And, um, just going back to that, like I was an entrepreneur since college, a lot of different things, many failures, some successes, but never found the fulfillment that I wanted. And I always knew that I wanted to create a wellness center that would bring ancient knowledge with new technology, put it all together and offer it to the community. It's kind of like a, um, like I'm offering the things that I've spent all these years trying to find out about my own, about health, yeah. about biohacking, about uh, spirituality, about knowledge, love, relationships, all these things put in together and just be there as a resource for the community. And where I live in Jersey City, we, we developed this place. So far, we've had about 7,000 people come through our doors in just uh, four years. And that's including, you know, shutdown of COVID and everything like that. Yeah. So. The, the interactions I have every single day are just so magical because it's not about who, what do you do for a living, you know, how successful you are. It's no, I don't care about that. It's like, what is your, what's your heart speak? Like what, what song does it want to sing? What yeah. is your joy? What do you want to accomplish? And I've had so many people come to me and tell me based on the relation, sorry, based on the conversations we've had or based on their experiences in the float tank. They've actually quit their jobs, started the business of their dreams, and now they're thriving. I have one uh, friend of mine, uh, Linda, who, who quit her job at American Express, started an Amazon business in women's healthcare or healthcare line supplements or whatever, and now she's thriving. Within three months, she, uh, she replaced her income, working a corporate gig at American Express, mm. very successful, and now she's just thriving in life, and she has all the freedom and time in the world. So what it shows me is that every little interaction you have with people, you can either give them love or you can spread fear in their life. And when you show them love, you just create ripples in this universe. And like, you know, just you and I, when we, when we got, when we met at Joe Dispenza, we just had this small little conversation and boom, look at this beautiful ripple that happened. You came on my podcast, I'm on your podcast and we just get to experience life and now find out all these, these different commonalities and synchronicities, so to say. What do you, what do you think, you know, cause I, I, I love that. And I think, you know, you meet, you meet a lot of, you meet a lot of entrepreneurs that might make great money. They might have quote unquote success on the outside or fame on the outside. Um, but they're not happy. They're not, 
uh, fulfilled. They're not, they're, they're not really enjoying this, this ride we call life. What, you know, why does so many of us get caught up in, in that, you know, whether it's, whether it's your, your friend, Linda, who is stuck at Amex, probably making great money and, you know, jumping through the hoops there, but, uh, or somebody else, an entrepreneur that makes great money doing something else. Why do you think we get caught up in that, in that way? That's a great question is, um, I think that it's a lot of it has to do with, are we living authentically in our own truth? Yeah. And, um, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a harsh conversation to have with people, but at the end of the day, if you're not fulfilled by something, why aren't you fulfilled? Find out why that is, is the yeah. work that you're doing. Does it make sense? For you to spend or invest all this time, energy into, yeah. you know, and 40, you know, 50, 60 hours of your week into something exactly. that you don't really care about. Yeah, exactly. Because that will affect every aspect of your life. You could be in a great relationship, but in a shitty job and it's going to affect your relationship, right? 100%. You have to have like the circle of happiness. It has to be a part of your entire life. Um, you can have an amazing career fulfilled. You can have, I have friends that are in the self-development world, but they're in shitty relationships. And that brings, brings them down. And they're always telling me, oh, my goodness, if, if I just had a better relationship. So it's the whole wheel of life. There's so many different pies, right? So you need to make sure that every single one is expanding and growing and in alignment with your, your highest virtues. So I think that, you know, in my life, you know, there's things that I need to improve upon. I need to make sure that my business does even better than it is, you know, financially. I do it for so much for fulfillment. But I have to understand that, hey, listen, in order for me to grow this business, grow my, my team members, their ability to earn a living, all that kind of stuff, I have to be on top of these things too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, I think that when you have a, any kind of lack in life, it's going to affect everything. So um, I don't know. I just always knew from an early age that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And even being an entrepreneur, like there's a lot of work that's involved. And if you're not happy with what you're doing, which I oh, was. Yeah. Uh, then there's there's a lot of stress and struggle. It affects your health. It affects everything. Well, it's you know welcome welcome to the growth process, right? Like it's it's always going to be stress and strain and growth and discomfort and and all of those things. Um, actually, speaking of which, your wellness centers you know heavily equipped to help with all of those sorts of things. You you've got some like really amazing stuff there, and I'd love I'd love for you you mentioned you're bringing this to the world. I'd love for you to share some of the different modalities that you guys have at that, that wellness center and why it's important. I know you guys, cause I do, I do pretty much everything that you have at your wellness center. So I'm a huge fan of all of it. You know, everything from, uh, you know, the float tanks to cryo to, um, hypnotherapy, infrared saunas. Um, you know, you guys go pretty deep in all the different areas. Would you mind sharing some of those different modalities and why they're helpful for people? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's it's a part of my self-development journey where I really got into biohacking and the spiritual part of it too is I realized, you know, the balance in life. You have to have physical balance, you have the mental balance and emotional balance. So when I set out to create Om Life, it was it was marrying ancient knowledge with new technology. So I always knew the ancient Egyptians, they would go into pyramids to meditate in darkness for days. And it's okay, how can I bring that into, you know, modern day society? A lot of people don't have days to go meditate, so why not a float tank where you're in your zero-gravity experience, no lights, no sound, no gravity, where you don't even feel your body, and your body is getting uh, transdermally absorbed, and so magnesium is coming into your bloodstream to help alkalize you, to help detoxify you, lower your inflammation. Most of our therapies, we have cryotherapy, which is a three-minute hypercooling treatment. Indigenous cultures all over the world would jump into icy cold rivers. You know, yep. the men would go in to get vitalized, to increase their testosterone, to help them, you know, with their health. And there's so many benefits to it. 
So that's another one, infrared sauna, you know, sweating out the toxins that we have in our cellular membranes. Um, there's so many cool things that we do. We also do uh, hypnotherapy. We do breath work. My girlfriend, actually, who you met, Kate, she's our breath work practitioner. Um, we do Normatec, which is an air compression massage, CBD oil massages. We do fascial stretch. So I'm open to always changing with whatever new technology or new service can, can be. So we want to be flexible. We don't want to just say, okay, this is the only way. I'm happy yeah. to, to find out, okay, if something doesn't work or it's not as effective for my, for my community, I'm going ahead and change it. And being adaptable, that's, you know, having that open mind. That's where I really come from. And it's part of my journey is like, I love the floating and I, I do it myself. Yeah. And why not have a center where I can offer this to other people? And I think flotation therapy Zero gravity experience is probably the most popular and the most beneficial in terms of mind, body, and spirit. Why do you why do you think that is? I think that in the day and age that we live in, there's so much sensory input, whether yeah. you watch the news or whether you're outside and hearing constantly traffic. looking at Instagram, kind of like Instagram, being bombarded yeah, by yeah. everything. Yeah. We're constantly scrolling. So before, you know, years ago we didn't have this much input. And now that we do, there's opinions coming at you everywhere. So how do you filter that? Do you just listen to like one group of people in, in their mindset of their thinking? Or do you go inwards to see, okay, does this resonate with me? Does this make sense? Do I, how do I want to live my life? Am I just going along for the ride? Or am I creating from a place of my heart? So going in yeah. a float tank gives you that hour. Even if it's a, if it's a short hour, an hour can be so impactful. And when you're in there, you enter a theta state, which is a brainwave state where it's timelessness. It could seem like five minutes. It could seem like an eternity, but in the greatest way. And uh, being in an Epsom salt solution, it's very healing yeah. to the, the muscles, removing lactic acid. And um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's almost a spiritual experience. I say it a lot, but um, even people who are not spiritual, they come out and they said, wow, there was nothing I've ever done that was more relaxing and beautiful than that. Yeah. So, so I, I, you know, whether or not, whether or not you're listening to this and you consider yourself a, a spiritual person, uh, I'd highly suggest, uh, doing a, doing a float tank at some point, a, a flotation therapy, uh, session at some point. Uh, that being said, I want to take it the spiritual direction for a little bit here. You, Cause you, you know, you, you talked about the importance of kind of like, you know, disconnecting from this outer world so you can focus on the inner world. This was part of the reason that you and I were at Dispenza, right? Is, you know, essentially a week of, you know, whatever it was, five to six hours of meditation a day, disconnecting from a lot of external stuff and allowing yourself the time to, uh, to go inward, to connect inward and connect to a, a higher field, a higher consciousness. Um, tell me about, you know, your spiritual beliefs and, and, you know, where you stand there. Yeah. So from a very young age, like, you know, I, I was very fortunate, I would say to grow up, um, from a very open-minded spiritual place. So Hinduism is a, is a, is about exploring life and to experience it, right? So for, this is from my perspective, right? So it was all about asking the right questions, going and exploring. So I always knew in my heart that God is everything. There's no, you know, God isn't a Hindu. He's not a Christian. He's not a Jew. He's not, you know, a Muslim. It's everything. So if God created everything, then why would he just choose like one, one method of, you know, living or telling people how to live? So I just knew that it was always it was always love. So for yeah. the longest time, I was never able to really tap into it. I knew it from an intellectual place, but I wasn't able to really feel it. And um, you know, I had an experience with ayahuasca. I was going to say, what what changed that for you? So my ayahuasca experience really, really was the most powerful 
part of my life, I would say, the biggest catalyst for change in me. So prior to that, I did a lot of self-development. And again, I learned all these things that I know now, but just from an intellectual place, I was not able to sink it into my heart. And yeah. um, it's, it's the, it kind of the difference between the intellectual understanding and, and a deeper knowing like to your core. 100%. And it was something that I was trying to call in because I heard about it. I think it was on a Joe Rogan podcast where they were talking about yeah. Ayahuasca. It was like, this sounds exactly what like I need, right? So I- um, You mean like I, the, the vomiting and the purging? That's exactly what that was. You're like, that sounds right up my alley, right? Well, I knew I had to get over that hump in order to access my pineal gland, right? Yeah. So I, um, I was getting, I got this, uh, went to a sound bath meditation and um, the lady who was running the sound bath sent me an email a couple of weeks later saying that she's having some tea ceremony and uh, it was in New York City on the Upper West Side and I was like, okay, I was trying to go to like Peru or something, but I was like, okay, seize the opportunity because you called it in. And then you you brought it into your life, and now it's here, and it's up to you to to make that you know step. Yeah. And mind you, I've never done any psychedelics prior to that. So I um, smoked pot a couple of times before that. It wasn't really my thing, um, and I never done mushrooms, never done LSD. So I was like, okay, I want to do this because it's a it's an experience, it's a ceremony. Yeah. So I get to this place, and it's a small little living room. There's like five people like <laughs> laying on top of each other. I hear sirens, you know, yeah. like the police and the ambulance all around. It's Upper West Side. It's a very busy area. And at that time, I was like, again, I never did any kind of drugs before. You know, it's quote unquote, this is a medicine. But yeah. at the time, I thought it was a drug. And uh, I was like, Which oh, my I goodness. think most most people, when they, you know, when they first hear of mushrooms or LSD or, yeah. or ayahuasca, the first term that comes to mind is drug, right? Yeah. Because it's been outlawed by the U.S. rather than, you know, really understanding you know, the, the depth of how this has been used for centuries as medicine and really the, you know, how undangerous most of these, you know, medicines are, especially compared to, you know, any of the, like even alcohol or even caffeine is, you know, more deadly than, you know, things like mushrooms and LSD. So 100% and it's outlawed DMT, which is dimethyltryptamine. It's a chemical that's produced by our pineal gland inside of our own body. We have this in our brain right now. Yeah. It's illegal. Yeah. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. So anyway, so we're, we're there and I took the medicine and it takes about an hour to set in. It's a, it's a small little shot of tea, basically. Um, drink it. Tastes like crap. You know, um, it went through my body. It was taking a little bit of time to set in. And then all of a sudden, whoa, I have this, this first experience of being on a psychedelic. So I'm all alone in the universe. Okay. In outer space, there's no stars. There's nothing yet. Nothing was created. Yeah. It was the loneliest place imaginable. Right. So I just, I started feeling physically like so sad that I was all alone in the universe. And this was my very first, like, you know, you know, like dive into this. And then a couple of minutes later, after I was able to experience that depth of loneliness, I see this like uh, angelic winged goddess start flying towards me with your flapping wings. And it was almost like um like a 3D kind of um, computer generated. It was weird to even describe it. Yeah. She puts her arms around me. So I go from the loneliest feeling I could possibly have to the most love I've ever experienced in my life. And just those tears of sadness turned into the tears of love and happiness and joy and unity and everything is a part of each other. And mind you, that's like the first scene that I see during this this four hour this journey. Experience, of, yeah. So then I see uh, the energetic versions of my parents. I didn't see their physical, but I saw their energy, right? So I saw my dad, 
who passed away in 2008. And he was there and he just told me how much he loved me and how proud he was of me. And then I saw my mom, who is the most amazing person. We have such a great relationship now. But prior to that, I had a lot of resentment for her because I always felt like my mom should love me the way that I need to be loved. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't given to me in the way that I wanted it. But then I was taught maybe I was uh, I was here to teach her love and to teach her how to, you know, how to open her heart. And um, after the experience of ayahuasca, I spent like a couple hours with her telling her about it. And since then, we've had the most beautiful, loving relationship That's because cool. I, I just love her unconditionally and don't expect anything from from her. And be honest, like her heart has opened up so much that she gives me more than she ever did before. Um, I saw my sisters. I saw some of my friends. We all got together in this this uh, outer space kind of experience. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, this is the first time our family's been together since since my dad passed away. This is the most beautiful thing. This is this is just the start of the journey. Let's go, guys. Yeah, I was so I was say, like, this, okay. this sounds amazing. Like, do they sell tickets to this outer space Coachella that you've oh, got man. going on? Or? I wish. I wish. So all of a sudden, I see this like nebula being formed, this galaxy being formed in the distance. I'm like, guys, we got to go. Come on. So I turn around and I just start like flying towards that and I'm just going, going, going. And then I turn around and there's nothing there. And mm -hmm. I realize that this particular life from my perspective, right? This particular life is an individual journey and you get to, you get to connect with your soul family. It's a beautiful thing. You have to really appreciate it. But then maybe in the next one, the next life, the next incarnation, you're in a whole different place. You're a different person. Maybe you swap roles with somebody. So everything is impermanent in this reality, in the, the grand scheme of things. The only thing that's real is at one point, everything was, was connected. That's God. And then we separate to uh, experience all the different versions of what we can experience. And then we come back to it. So when you lose somebody, don't miss them because that's you. That's who you are. But mm -hmm. when you do the whole full circle of going through these experiences, going through this life, this experience is Anna and that's Xander. And, um, you know, it's, it's a really, really big realization to have and so powerful. And I, and I knew ever since then, like, hey, this is a temporary life. We're here for a split second. We're in and out. And we get to experience what we want to in this time. And let's just have fun with it. You know, live yeah. with an open heart and create what you want. And then we, we move on to something else. We move on to something, a different version of what our soul's journey wants. I love that so much. And I think for, you know, for some people out there that might be listening to this and, and they might think that that might be a lonely life, right? But really it's actually just one from much more love and joy because there's less attachment to, you know, the current circumstances and more attachment to just the emotion of, of love and joy and, and experience, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, you and I talked about, um, you know, how, how you came here, like during our podcast, my podcast, when you came on yeah. about you want to experience love. And because of this realization, my depth of love is so much deeper. So I love everyone that I come into contact with, you know, because I know I'm looking at a mirror. And, you know, when I, when I found my soulmate, Kate, and, you know, when I look at my family, there's a depth of love, but there's not a, the attachment there. Right. And also, you know, to, to people in my life that I do have a lot of care for, if we don't see eye to eye on something or if we don't think the exact same way, I still love them because I know that they're a version of me. Yeah. And one thing, one thing that I want to kind of echo to the audience here is because I've, I've had a lot of, you know, experiences like this and, you know, people always ask me, they're like, well, why do you believe that? What proof do you have that that's true? That, you know, that, that we are, we are, uh, you know, 
connected to, we are all connected to God and we reincarnations of each other. And you know, like that, that sort of thing. He's like, what proof do you have that is true? And my response is always just kind of like, sometimes I don't have any proof, but I'll tell you right now, the belief that it is true makes my life fucking amazing. Yeah. Right. And I don't know if you've just experienced the same, if you've ever, cause like the intellectual part of me, um, I don't, I don't know if you ever, you know, speaking of autobiography of a yogi, uh, in Steve Jobs, uh, autobiography or biography by Walter Isaacson, like one of the last words is, or one of the last lines is, I don't know if I believe in God. I'm about 50, 50, mm-hmm. but man, do I hope there's a God, yeah. right? But it's like, the intellect in him will always fight it, but the heart in him will always, will always believe it. Right. Yeah. Do you ever find that happening for you? So it's weird. I, I've never had a fear of death and yeah. I just always knew that there was something bigger and having that mindset, those kind of experience come into my life. So I have enough experience, direct experience with the divine and connecting to things that are outside of the 3D realm that I don't question it. I just know. And if we're living in a, some simulation, I signed up for a really good experience because uh, it's just it, it just happens in my life. And I understand where people are coming from if they don't have faith or, or they don't they believe in something strongly. But we all have beliefs, right? We all get up in the morning thinking who we are as a person and we believe that going to work or going to the gym is the right thing for us. Who's to say it's, it is and who's to say it's not? It's just you choose to do things based on what you think is right, based on the experience and based on the knowledge that you have at the time. That's amazing, man. Dude, I could, I could probably talk with you for about, you know, seven hours on this, but we're going to, we're going to call this one and maybe have to do another episode where we go deeper. reality. Sure. Um, one last question I always have to ask, you know, if you were to learn one thing in college, what would it be? That's a great question. If I were to learn one thing is how to be financially free. They don't teach it in college, but I would yeah. I would have loved if they if they taught that. Because then I would then I would set myself on that journey to do it a lot quicker. I love that, man. And I think that's something that more people at a younger age are starting to realize as well. So uh, I think that's great. Um, Anand, where can people learn more about you, learn more about Ohm Life so they can get more of you? Yeah, bro. So I'm on Instagram. It's just my first name, Anand.life, A-N-A-N-D.life. Uh, my podcast, The Limitless One Podcast, we have amazing conversations just like this. Xander uh, just recorded with us and that's going to be launching soon. So um, that's also at my website, Anand.life. Uh, there's no .com or anything like that. And then my, uh, my wellness center, Ohm.life. So you see a trend here. It's all about living life. Um, that's the website right there. We're in Jersey city and we're just, uh, we feel very blessed that we get to help the community. We have a lot of things online. We we have a lot of, um, information that you can look at on our, uh, Instagram as well, like, uh, health tips and nutrition and all that kind of stuff. So even if you're not in the area, you can derive some value from it, but yeah, check out my web, my, my podcast for sure. Limitless one podcast. Yeah, for sure. Check out that podcast and definitely check out his Instagram as well. Anand, thanks so much for joining. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. Love you too, man. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton. Thanks a ton.